is the Mulberry Lane Show. The Mulberry Lane Show. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Now, here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Ellie Cat. Be a part of the family. Yay, it's the weekend, and you know what that means. It's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm Rachel, here with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie, and we're so glad you guys are here with us. And boy, do we have a lot of show for you here today. Yes, we've been waiting for you because we can't wait to share all the goodies. Okay, from country to Broadway to pop, we've got several different genres covered today. You know, here on the Mulberry Lane Show is where all genres live together in harmony. Yes, we're all about that musical diversity right here. Okay, sisters, let's get to the guests. The Mulberry Lane Show's on. Celebrity stories, songs. You're going to have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. Well, up first today, it's a little bit of throwback. 80s country queen, Sylvia. You may know Sylvia from this hit. You're nobody called today. She hung up when I asked her name Well, I wonder Does she think she's being clever? Now, Sylvia has a brand new album called All in the Family, and she lets you in on some behind-the-scenes stories of her stellar career, what brought her to make a new album at this point in her life, and for anyone who's going through a little bit of a rough patch, she's going to talk with you how to cruise right on through that to break through that thundercloud and get right back into the sunlight. All right. Okay, who's next, Rachel? Okay, bring in the razzmatazz today and the jazz hands. (laughs) Michael McCory Rose, Broadway singer and actor. Oh, I know I can be angry. I know I can get mean. Up until now, that was just part of my routine. From Wicked to A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, Michael has all the behind the scenes you need to hear if you're looking for a career on Broadway. Since Michael didn't start till a little bit later in life, he was 25 before he learned what a 16-bar audition song was. Well, he's going to give you some behind the scenes and exactly what you need to know to make it on Broadway today. And he really has a very on-point definition of making it. Yes, and cool thing is Michael McCrory Rose is headed to the Midwest this summer in July. He's going to be teaching a master class and he's going to be doing some guest instructing at the Omaha Conservatory of Music's Summer Institute. And there is a deadline this coming Monday, May 1st, if you want to get your application in for the festival track of the program. This is for a merit scholarship. So you want to go to omahacm.org to get all the details. Pretty amazing opportunity to be able to study under this guy who performs on Broadway all the time. And I think you'll get a lot of answers to your questions on exactly what that class will be and what would be ahead for you on Broadway. So stay tuned for that. Allie. Okay, well then you're going to meet up-and-coming artist Madison McWilliams. You're going to get a peek into her career, the rise of someone just starting out. She's working with the choreographer that's worked with Rihanna, and you'll also hear all about her debut single, We've Got Today. We've got today, so let the music play, put that song on replay, like la 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 la. She's just 15, and she's been recently featured in Girls Life magazine, coming up. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so Rachel, you have an online shopping experience to talk about. I do. Let's hear it. Okay, well, my oldest daughter's prom is coming up, and she found this to die for dress online. And it just so happened that it wouldn't ship until after her prom, May 6th. Problem. So she was upset because this, of course, is the dress, and she's looked everywhere, and nothing can compare to this dress. So the drama. Yes. (laughs) So I told her to just keep searching online. Maybe she can find another place where she can get it actually sooner. So she did find one that would ship between May 2nd and May 8th. Okay, so she's going to roll the dice. Yes, so we rolled the dice, we went ahead, and we bought it with the expedited shipping, hoping it would come closer to the May 2nd than the May 8th. So, lo and behold, Friday morning, about 8.30, the doorbell rings, and the FedEx delivery guy is there with the package of the dress. Yay! So, I almost kissed the guy, seriously. <laughs> he saved your weekend. Yes, he did. So, we got the dress out, it's gorgeous, but guess what? What? If it's me! <laughs> <laughs> Poetic justice. Yes. But the end of the story goes, because it came in early, we do have time to get it altered a size or two down, so it will fit Lily by the time prom comes around. But I don't want it altered. I want to keep it. Hey, maybe you should order one. Maybe I'll order one for me. Then I could be the chaperone at the prom in the same dress. <laughs> she will love that. Okay, well, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Keep hanging out with us here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. We'll be right back with 80s hitmaker Sylvia in my new prom dress. <laughs> we are family. I got all my sisters with me. Music, celebrities, and everything in between. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, you know, country music's Sylvia as a Grammy-nominated artist, a female vocalist of the year, and number one country female artist. And you know her by her hit song, Nobody, the BMI Song of the Year. Well, Sylvia is back after a 14-year hiatus with a new album, All in the Family, that defies genres and follows life's journeys and choices. And right now, catch up with country music singer-songwriter Sylvia. All in the family, Sylvia is just herself, unlike nobody else. Wow, I've never had an introduction that wonderful. Great, (laughs) well it's wonderful having you here. Oh, well thank you. Now, All in the Family, this is your first album in 14 years, and I read where you said that music is a living, breathing thing that needs time and space to grow. So how did you know that now was the time for the new music? Well, you know, I've gone through a lot of changes in my life in the last year and a half. I had been married for about uh, 24 years, and that came to an end, and I was looking at a whole new landscape of my life, and really the opportunity to kind of re-envision what the next chapter of my life was going to be like, and I actually spent some time kind of being still, being quiet, and letting emerge what wanted to happen. One of the first thoughts I had, I had my grandpa's fiddle in a glass case and I looked up at it and it was like oh I want to hear the voice of that instrument and like the first thoughts were like I want the sounds of his banjo and his fiddle on a record and that's what began the whole process. So that was the piece that said this is the direction? Mm -hmm. He died in 1987 so he's been gone for a long time Uh, but when we were recording the record we brought Stuart Duncan in he's this you know world famous fiddler a lot of people consider him the best in the world and my friend John Mock who co-produced the record with me uh, he's playing my grandfather's banjo on the intro of a song called Grandpa Kirby Running the Hound. That 
lends such a cool vibe to it in kind of a historical perspective, too. Yes, and really, the, the theme of the record turns out to be all about family. You know, not just family of origins, but also just like the musical family, the family of humanity. It, it, I think I, you can listen to it on many different levels. And that was really the little seed that started the whole record. And it was also a surprise that I ended up co-writing nine of the 12 songs. It just worked out that way. It was a very organic process. Okay, so at this point in your life, you must have felt like you had a lot to say. Yeah, that's kind of surprising. I think in the 80s when I was recording, I was recording other people's music. Uh All my hits were written by Kai Fleming and Dennis Morgan. Yeah, I think at this time in my life, hopefully you do get some perspective on things and realize that maybe have something to say. And I think it was kind of healing for me to be writing after such a big life passage. For people who might think, oh, this is going to be a morbid, sad record, it's not. (laughs) It's very uplifting and uh, positive and... And hopeful, I think. You're hanging out with 80s country music superstar Sylvia here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You became a life coach in 2002. How did that shape your perspective, you know, about your career and about your life in general? Oh, that's a good question. Tactful thing about being a coach over these last 16 years or so has been that I have been in a deep practice of listening, listening to people's stories behind the words, underneath the words, between the words, to kind of get a sense of, you know, we, we tell our stories in certain ways that maybe are kind of rote, you know, that we, we tell them over and over the same way. But those stories are always really evolving and wanting to change. And being in that deep uh, practice of listening to people's stories, I think, helped me as a songwriter. Right. My friend John Mock, who is a co-producer on the record with me. He wrote the music to six of the songs. So I was in a position of listening to the melodies very deeply and trying to discern what's this melody about, what's it saying, and and really letting the melody speak in pictures first and then putting words to those pictures. It was telling its story, kind of. Yeah. Uh Also, being a life coach, I would assume, you know, you're trained to kind of see the big picture. But sometimes Mm -hmm. as a songwriter, you really need to drill down to the the small things. So, Mm -hmm. you know, how did that process work for you? Well, for me, when I write, it seems like I do see things in pictures first and then put words to what I'm seeing kind of in my mind's eye. And I think you're right. When you're telling a story, I think the more particular you are in telling a story, the more universal it is. Mm -hmm the more that people can identify with it. In fact, that's the feedback I'm getting from a lot of people that have corresponded with me about how they felt about this record is that it takes them on a journey of their own life Uh and their own families, and that's just the highest compliment. Yeah, I bet. And, you know, I think in the case, you know, I know we live in a day and age where people just download single songs, and I've done it myself, but this is a record that I would hope people would want to sit and just get quiet and listen to from top to bottom at least one time because Uh it really does take you on a journey. It's an experience. We don't have records very often anymore that have themes that actually Mm -hmm. take you somewhere. And that's okay. You know, I, I know that, you know, life is about change and that's all good. But I think in this case, this record came almost as if it was taking me on a journey. So I think that's why it feels that way when people listen to it. You followed it. Yes, I did. You know, there was very little thinking done on this record. Okay. (laughs) When I was younger, it seemed like life, you could plan out ahead where you were going to go and you would follow those steps and get to where you were going. But life is so fast-paced these days and, you know, we're just so connected globally now. You know what's happening on the other side of the world instantaneously as it's happening and it's 
changed us. Things aren't so linear. Yes, that's it. Uh-huh. And so you're not going to just make a plan and just one, two, three steps and then you're there. In fact, there's a song on my record called A Right Turn. And really the theme of that song is, you know, the idea that we can make right turns and wrong turns. And I think for me personally, when I look back, I see that even though there have been some painful turns and recently some painful turns in my life, they ultimately were right turns because they brought me to where I am today. I would not have made this record. I wouldn't have co-written these songs if I were still married. So, right. you know, it's like, it's very interesting how out of the most painful things can beautiful things can be. Right. Gotta take a quick break. We'll be right back with more from Sylvia here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Don't go anywhere. Three years old in my sundress on Golden Book tucked up under my arm When I suddenly heard that sound Filled the valley and shook the ground My body was frozen Cups and saucers started to shake Fear on the horizon Run and hide before it's too late Bringing you the stories behind the songs. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. We're going to get right back with 80s country music icon Sylvia out with a new album called All in the Family. Here's more Sylvia. Before we went to break, Sylvia, you were talking about how this album would not have been possible if you hadn't gone through a divorce and kind of gone through a rough time in your life. Sometimes those are the things that push us to the next level. Now, if you were to speak to someone who may be going through a a pretty painful time in their life right now, what advice would you give them? Well, I'd say it would be a real treat to sit down and listen to this record because I think it would take you into and through a lot of different emotions that might be cathartic and healing for you. You know, one of the things I think I've learned as a human being and as a coach I've gotten to practice with a lot of the people that I talk with is that, you know, we think we want to get away from what we're feeling, like if we're stuck or if we're anxiety-ridden or whatever the, the issue is that you come to see a coach or a therapist about. One of the things I've learned is you move into it rather than try to avoid it or try to minimize it. You move into it and through it and allow it to complete. That's what I hope people might get from this record, that you will move into some emotions, joyful, sad, happy, interesting, you know, all these different emotions, and then there's a kind of a sense of completion, maybe, mm-hmm. and you, you might get. And you did that, literally, in this album. Right, and I did it in my life. I mean, it's uh-huh. like kind of simultaneously as I was going through the grieving process. It's helpful for me to listen to this music and uh-huh. go, oh, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, music and life, to me, is all about practices. It's not about what I believe and holding on to that belief. It's about staying in a practice, whether it's just, you know, a practice of presence and allowing myself to feel what I feel right now mm-hmm. and allowing it to complete rather than saying, I don't have time to feel this. Yes. Now, hearing you talk about all of this, it's making me think about just the creative process in general and the hard times that you went through and that you did this album, you know, when you kind of came out on the other side. Do you think Mm -hmm. that when someone is in a particular relationship or just going through a hard time in their life that their creativity shuts down or like simmers for a while and you are not able to do what you want creatively until that's over? Or what are your thoughts about that? You know, I think it's probably different for everyone. Uh, I've known songwriters who feel like when they're in their depths of despair they write their best stuff but now for me personally I was too raw 
yeah. you can't have to write then. In fact, I wasn't even thinking about writing when in the very depths of the grieving process. Yes. But as I began to come out to the other side, that's when some creative juices began to simmer a little bit. And I honestly did not know what I would do with the next chapter of my life at first and didn't know. And I just really allowed myself to let it emerge, not try to think my way into what is next. And how long a process was that for you before it emerged? Six months of really pretty, like, crying every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. catharsis. Singer-songwriter, life coach, and 80s country icon Sylvia here on the Mulberry Lane Show. With your life coaching, you mentor a lot of people in the music industry. You've been through, you know, the superstardom success of that. So coaching other people through it, do you see your success in a different perspective now? How has that affected you? That's a real good question, too. Boy, you ask great questions. Success is something I feel like it's constantly being redefined. Uh, What is success? You know, the success that I had in the 1980s, and I'm very, very grateful for it, that I had actually kind of what the culture would consider a good level of success. But I think I have, since those days, evolved into a different kind of an idea of what success is. And to me, success is being able to stay in a practice as often as possible of aligning with what is. And, of course, I want my record to be heard by a lot of people. But for me, these days, it's not about success in the eyes of the world. For me, it's success, uh, meaning that I'm doing what I love, I'm keeping my life more or less in balance. I'm not working too much or working not enough. I'm trying to always just pay attention to where the balance point is in my life. My deepest wish is that people run out there and download the record or buy the CD on CD Baby and go to my website at sylviamusic.com and learn what I'm doing. But, you know, honestly, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. I'm mainly just here now in this moment just being curious and open and letting life direct me. When I'm not pushing against life, when I'm not wishing I wasn't where I am, (laughs) if I'm not in that energy, I'm happy and that's success. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's so nice to be reminded of other more healthy definitions of success rather than, you know, your dollar figure or how many records you sell and all of that. So... But, you know, back in the 80s, I was concerned about that, and I needed to be there to experience what I'm experiencing now. Yes. There's nothing wrong with being motivated by the numbers. There's nothing wrong with wanting to sell millions of records. I got to do that. I feel very grateful that that happened. But it's also afforded me the space to redefine what success is. And appreciate the other side as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Sylvia, exactly. we want to thank you so much for bringing the album here. I feel like I've had a therapy session. <laughs> And the therapy session can continue as we listen to the album. Right. We had real therapy and and then some music therapy. And I hope people will check out the record. SylviaMusic.com is my website. And you can go to CD Baby to buy the physical CD or you can download it on iTunes. It's out there. I have to say before you go that your voice sounds awesome on the album as well. Oh, thank you. I love to sing. I continue to see my voice teacher. And it's been almost 30 years now. I have a weekly appointment at 11.30 on Wednesday. (laughs) I go every week. You know, it's not so much technical singing. It's about staying in touch with my voice and allowing it to continue to grow, too. You know, I don't want to ever park vocally. You know, because our bodies are changing and growing all the time, too. Yeah. Well, Sylvia, thank you for joining our show today. I appreciate the inspiration. Oh, thank you. Great talking with you, girl. Wonderful. 
Make sure you check out All in the Family by 80s country music icon, Sylvia. And when we come back, it's Broadway singer Michael McCory Rose. Hey, did you know our show is brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology? Check them out. Keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. And here's the song that started it all for Sylvia. Sitting in a restaurant, she walked by. I seem to recall that certain look in your eye. I said, who's that? You said with a smile, oh, it's nobody. Oh, nobody. Maybe that explains the last two weeks. You called me up, dead on your feet, working late again. The Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Well, from Broadway shows Wicked and A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder to the group Tree, the new Irish tenors, Michael McCory Rose has traveled many stages. And one of his next stops includes the upcoming Omaha Conservatory of Music Summer Institute, where Michael will be a guest artist faculty member during July. So you're going to meet Michael now, and we'll get you all the info on how you can participate in the Omaha Conservatory of Music Summer Institute. Welcome, welcome to the show, Michael McCory Rose. I couldn't imagine being more welcomed. That was awesome. <laughs> Great to hear it. That's fabulous having you here with us today. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Now, you are first and foremost an actor and singer. So first, let's talk about your training and how you were led down this path. Sure. Well, I had sort of a, a bit of a non-traditional path to this and a kind of long and circuitous route. I actually grew up riding horses and didn't really have any exposure to theater or music personally, though my dad was really active in our local community theater, as was his dad. So it was kind of in the soundscape of my life, you know? Uh I went away to college, I went to UCLA, and was a media studies and communications major. I became a publicist, so I was representing actors and actresses uh, in L.A. You know, it was really a cool thing to be, you know, 22 and 23 and going to red carpet events and things like that. And really learning about the business. Well, yeah, but I didn't know that, right? So, like, absolutely, in hindsight, I've certainly been able to apply a lot of the things um, that I learned then, though I didn't realize I was learning it. At the time. For the reasons I was learning it at the time, exactly. So this was like the dawning of social media. So Mark Zuckerberg was toiling away at Facebook (laughs) while this was going on, um, unbeknownst to us. So, you know, so things have certainly changed in the way that we publicize ourselves and others. But nevertheless, it was an interesting time, uh, certainly an interesting education. And then ultimately, I had these sort of series of things in my life life, deaths in the family and people that I knew, where you kind of like have those moments where you think, well, what am I doing? And what are the choices that have brought me to today, right? Yes. Of, uh, crises of the soul. And so I realized really what I loved so much, it was music and acting. And so I took this leap at 25 and found a voice teacher and found an acting class and a dance studio. 
and sort of cobbled together my own little conservatory, which is why, you know, uh, programs like the Omaha Conservatory of Music I'm so fond of because it's that kind of program that I sort of ad hoc created for myself. But, you know, I sort of always say to young people and to students that there isn't one path. And I think that tends to be the messaging out there. It's like, well, you know, you have to really focus on this every day of your life in high school and then go to a conservatory for college and then and only then shall you gain admittance to this world of show. Uh And that's just not necessarily, you know, how it is. And it certainly wasn't the case for me. You definitely had a unique path. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And listen, I mean, there was a crazy learning curve. You know, in my mid-20s, I didn't read music. I Uh didn't know what 16-bar cut of an audition song meant. I didn't, you know, have a monologue. And so nothing against young people. I love them. But, you know, we think we know everything when we're 14. But we don't, right? So it was cool to, you know, engage with American classics, both musically and sort of uh, literature, you know, in my mid-20s when I think I could appreciate it a little bit more. Right, and you could see it through wiser eyes. Yeah, totally. Since you got a later start than some others, did you have naysayers? Yes, and if they're listening, I just want to say no. um, (laughs) No, I mean, the good news is I had uh, really supportive parents. I had really supportive friends. So I think because I was making this decision so much later, you know. say something like, now you really got to think this through. Right. You were making it with an adult mind. Yeah, exactly. You're listening to Broadway singer and actor Michael McCory Rose here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So now let's talk about the Omaha Conservatory of Music Summer Institute. Yeah, what exactly will you be doing and working with the students? Good question. As anyone who sort of knows a little bit about the Institute might have already researched, there are three tracks, you could say, three different ways in which a young person could come and participate. There's the Fanfare Foundations and Festival level, which they can find more at the website, which is omahacm.org. I will be involved in the voice department, and we will be doing various master classes and, you know, classes on scene prep and how to interpret a song, various elements of music that go into, you know, musical theater. You know, I'm going to be working with a really good friend of mine, Tiffany Haas, who I did Wicked with on Broadway. If you've ever met her, she's just this bright light of energy and positivity and charm and, and a beautiful soprano. And so she'll be teaching it with me. And we've taught master classes before. And I know there's sort of a special sauce that happens when we get together in a room. It's always very fun. Yeah. And, you know, we've got a shared lingo and a short hand which helps. And it's such a great opportunity for the students to be exposed to people who are on Broadway and living the dream. What do you hope the students who are attending this, what do you hope they take away? That it's okay to be themselves. Whatever that means as an artist, okay? I think if someone would have told me when I was that age, whatever it is I'm bringing to the table as an actor, as a singer, as a person, as a friend, that all that is good and all that is usable in both a personal sense but even in a commercial sense Uh all artistic pursuits tend to you know lean towards incentivizing conformity you know and who are you you're the next insert you know well-known person here so many labels have to be put yeah Yeah. but i think what's cool is, is now with where we are in the world with art and certainly social media and the internet has played a big part in this people just want to see you They They actually don't want to see you be a facsimile of this other person. So, you know, on the first day or first hour, we get clear on what do we want to be? What aspects of ourselves as an artist do we want to explore? And in fact, even risk putting out there. Yeah. I love that. Such a great message. Do you feel like people who are on your level, do 
you feel like everybody has learned that lesson? Like, do you feel like your peers are all totally themselves? Or do you feel oh, like gosh. some people are still trying to be other people? I was getting this uh, image of, like, a, a bird trying to get out of a, a glass room where it's just, like, flying and hitting the wall and then flying and then hitting the wall. Like, I think we're constantly relearning this lesson yeah. you're talking about. Like, I think we're... Def- and every once in a while, we'll find this moment where the window is open because we've opened it, or I don't know what this mixed metaphor is turning into, but yes, where you do sort of fly and you sail and you're unencumbered by all of this stuff that we're talking about. You're doing it because of, you know, the sheer beauty of your wings in the air and you're just soaring and it feels good, but then you fall because that happens. But then you you have other people around you, collaborators who say, you know, go fly again. Um, and you're destined to, to fall. And so, yeah, I think the answer is no. I think, uh-huh. I think we all have moments where we are doing that, but most of the time we're reminding ourselves to check back in with who we actually are instead of, you know, the version uh, that we think we need to be. And that was a great answer because it's so honest. Is there one thing that you would have never thought was a part of a Broadway career? Anything that's surprising to you? Yeah, I mean, I think when I was considering embarking on a career in Broadway, I thought that there was such a thing as making it. Uh-huh. But I realize now that's sort of illusory and not really a thing. No. Um, yeah, like the needle keeps moving or you kind of have to remake it almost. Well, right. I yeah. mean, if anything, you know, the sort of more that you attain, then therefore the more you expect to obtain again, and it's exponential. Yes. You know, it's truly the carrot on the stick. Someone can say that to an 18-year-old about ready to go off to, you know, Carnegie Mellon University as a vocal performance major. They can say that to them, and they will nod their head and understand that intellectually, but they're not going to really get that, I don't think, because you have to live it. You really have to create your happiness. You have to find out, like, what is going to be... You know, voice teacher told me this in that sort of year I was describing in L.A. before I moved to New York and I was figuring all this out. He said, you know, there are going to be peaks and there are going to be valleys in your career. You know, if you're fortunate enough to have what is a career, and I can now say I'm having a career, right? He said, you have to find what that through line is going to be. What is going to be the thing that you will check into that has nothing to do with the sound you're making with your voice and the character you're interpreting? Um, What is going to be? Is it yoga? Is it meditation? Is it religion? Is it volunteering? Mm -hmm. Some organizing principle in your life that you have some agency over and you have control over that is going to feed you in the inevitable times when the career is not feeding you. Yes, something that sustains you. Sustaining, exactly. So what is, what is yours? At the time, I really connected to that because I was doing a lot of yoga and a lot of meditating. So I had that. And what was interesting is that my New Year's resolution at the top of 2017 was to tap back into that because I let it go because things were really good. And not that they aren't still good, but they're sort of good in a different way now. Yes. My career over the last year has been more of a tapestry than it has been like that one show that I've been working on that I can point to, so, which is great, and it keeps my mind going, and it keeps me working synergistically and all that, but my meditation was sort of my 2017 goal, and that has been a wonderful thing to be able to check into, you know, and a little bit of volunteering, too, so that's what I'm doing, I guess. That's great. (laughs) 
Well, Michael McCrory Rose, thanks for bringing a little Broadway to our show today. A little razzmatazz. <laughs> Song and dance. Right. Well, I wasn't dancing. Well, I was, maybe I was dancing while I was talking a little bit. We're so happy that you're headed to Omaha to be at the Summer Institute of the Omaha Conservatory of Music. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. That's Broadway singer Michael McCory Rose here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Now you guys have to check out the website, omahacm.org, for the Omaha Conservatory of Music Summer Institute, where this summer in July, you can study under Michael McCory Rose. You can get all the details there. And there is a deadline on Monday for a scholarship, so if you're looking for that, you got to get your application in by Monday. We'll be right back with new artist Madison McWilliams. Now here's Michael McCory Rose. Oh, I know I can be angry. I know I can get me Up until now, that was just part of my routine. But you make me try harder to be a better man. The truth is that it means so much that you really think I can. Your weekend getaway. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, imagine knowing what you want to do with your life by the time you're five years old. Singer-songwriter Madison McWilliams has been working toward her goal for the last 10 years. Now, 15 years old, you're going to hear about her latest single, We've Got Today, and how she self-crafted her career as an indie artist. Welcome, welcome to the show, Madison McWilliams. Hi, it's so great to be here. Great to have you with us. Okay, so Madison, let's talk about the single. The first single is called We've Got Today. So what inspired that song? Well, We've Got Today is just about seizing the moment and having fun. How I wrote this song is I was on an airplane and I didn't have anything to do and there was no Wi-Fi on the plane so okay. I couldn't work on school. <laughs> and, um, That's a nice excuse not to have to work on school. <laughs> so there was an airplane napkin that I had just on my tray table and then I found a pen on the floor and the song We've Got Today just came to me and so I scribbled down some lyrics, recorded a voice memo on my phone and it just became from there. Okay. So now you recently did a video for the song. Now you worked with some fun people for this. So talk about what it was like filming. Yeah, so it was so fun filming this video. I worked with Naya Bramos, a video director in LA. So I'm a Texas girl. I like it when it's warm outside. So I thought the desert would be warm, but it was freezing cold, and it was so funny. And so we had to pretend like it was warm, so I was wearing short sleeve shirts and shorts. So it's cold in the desert. Who knew? Yes, it was pretty cold, (laughs) but it was so fun. Now, your cover of the Nina Simone song, Feeling Good, now that generated over a million views on Facebook. What do you think it was about your version of that song that people really responded to? Well, I was so surprised to see that amount of views on this cover. And the thing is, I really, really love singing this song and this kind of music in general. And I think the passion about this song really resonated with with the audience. People could tell that it was from your heart. Yes. So now when you record in the studio, do you have certain rituals you go through? Drinking tea or do you light candles? What do you do in the studio? 
I always drink ginger tea with lemon, okay. but um, I think the most important thing is confidence. And if you go into the studio feeling good, it will translate into your music. Okay. 15-year-old singer-songwriter Madison McWilliams here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So now you wanted to become a singer after seeing Celine Dion in concert. And I think you were just about five years old. So what about that concert really spoke to you? She is such an iconic performer. Going to her concert gave me an example of a strong woman artist Uh that really can stand up for what she believes in and set a good example for girls. And actually, that was the first concert I had ever been to. Uh And it made me realize that that's what I wanted to pursue. Okay. Now, you're 15 years old, and everything you've done so far is as an indie artist. Do you see yourself staying independent? Now, if tomorrow a record company called and offered you a deal, would you take it, or would you want to stay indie? It depends on the situation. The thing that I love about being independent is that I have full creative control of my music and everything that I release. If I was offered a record deal, I would make sure that I would not have to give any of that up. Okay. So now you're getting ready for a tour, and I know you've been rehearsing, and you have a choreographer and everything, so what do you think your live show will look like? Well, so right now I'm developing my live show with Tina Landon. Tina Landon has worked with Rihanna, J-Lo, Shakira, Janet Jackson, and... Some pretty I good company so there. i to be able to work with her. Yeah. Does she kind of take your own style and kind of grow it from there? Or does she have set things that she wants you to do that maybe take you out of your comfort zone? Well, the thing that I really love about her style of choreography is that she figures out what I'm good at and she develops things from what I do naturally. So you can be true to your authentic self, basically. Yes. Okay, and where can people find out more about you, Madison? They can go to my website, madisonthegoyams.com, or they could follow me on Instagram at madisonthegoyamsmusic or on Snapchat and Musical.ly at itsmadisonmcw. Okay. Well, Madison, we want to thank you so much for bringing your music to our show. It's been fun hearing all about it, and when the album's out, you'll have to come back. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. New artist Madison McWilliams here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Big shout out to up and coming singer songwriter Madison McWilliams. Thanks for bringing your fresh perspective to the show, and we'll be watching. And download Madison's new single, We've Got Today. Okay, girls, who else do we need to thank? Well, a big shout out to 80s country icon Sylvia. She's definitely not nobody. Her new album, All in the Family, will have you driving down a smooth country road. Mm-hmm. Sylvia, thanks for sharing your heart today. Who else, Allie? Well, we gotta thank Broadway singer Michael McCory Rose. From Wicked to the Tony Award winning A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, Michael has had quite the career. And cool thing is he is heading to Omaha this summer in July to be a part of the guest artist faculty at the Omaha Conservatory of Music. So you could have a master class or a private lesson with this guy. 
This is an awesome opportunity. Now go to omahacm.org to get all the info on this. And if you want to be in the festival track at the Summer Institute, you've got to submit your application by this Monday, May 1st. So check it all out at omahacm.org for all those musical details. All right. Well, right now we want to thank you guys for hanging out with us for the last hour. You guys make this real and real fun. Really good words there, Rachel. The philosopher of the family. (laughs) Well, that wraps up another episode of the Mulberry Lane Show brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Make sure you join us same time, same place next weekend. And hey, guys, preview of next weekend's show. We have iconic artist Don McLean, writer of hits like Bye Bye This American Pie. We have him for the whole show. So it's going to be a really cool episode next weekend. Yeah. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap. All right. You know I'm okay with just being okay and floating down the river of life. I'm all right being all right. Don't need something wonderful tonight. Living life this way, a new face for me Just riding the tide with the moon Things change, you see Just like how you went away too soon I'm not gonna worry today about tomorrow I keep making my way I'm not gonna worry about yesterday's Yeah.